This is Elsian. Pronounced local. Oh, living a creative life. I'm Rawat Majdi. And I'm Muhammad Sirul. We're creatives talking to creatives about what it means to be a creative. So get ready for some delicious conversations and awesome takeaways so that you can maximize your own creative life. Today is the first day of Eid al-Fitr. We would like to say, and we wish you a happy Eid Mubarak. Yes, Eid Mubarak to everybody who's listening in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in these past, uh, has it been a few weeks? No, it's been a couple of months now. We are here recording on the first day of Eid, and uh, we're releasing also on the first day of Eid. And uh, the hustle never stops, guys. We're always on the go. Not on the go, actually, on in the studio <laughs> recording. <laughs> so today what we're going to be talking about, uh, me and Salud, we don't have a guest today, is creative procrastination. And creative procrastination is different than regular procrastination, and we're going to talk about the differences between the two. But we thought we'd have a conversation about this because, well, first of all, uh, I have been dealing with a lot of procrastination. I don't know about you, Salud. What, what do you think? The story of my life. Yes. I think a lot of people, I think creatives deal with this, but we don't usually talk about it. Procrastination is something that is like part of the human race, I think. And um, many of us are constantly looking for ways to defeat procrastination because it is it can be pretty painful. It can be something that sucks. We're going to talk about that today. Um, we're going to talk about why we procrastinate and then hopefully get a few takeaways to fight specifically creative procrastinations for all of our creatives listening out there. So, Salul, um, what would you define procrastination as? Well, Rawa, the only definition that I have is the one that I gained by experience uh, by spending hours in video games and Netflix instead of doing anything. But I know for sure that you, Rawa, have been dwelling and researching about this subject more. Can you tell us the, the actual definition? Um, that's pretty much, I think, the definition with an example. Um, I'm not going to say that I've been dwelling and researching. I totally get the exaggeration there. But I have been reading a little bit about it. Um, be- just because I'm going through a really intense bout of defi- of procrastination. So I would say... Well, actually, not me. Uh, Dr. Thomas Peichel, who has written the book Solving the Procrastination Puzzle, would call procrastination an unnecessarily an unnecessary delay in completing a task. And the key word there is unnecessary. Um, when we're talking about a delay, it can be a delay, and you can be delayed in doing something because you're waiting on somebody to get back to you, or you don't have all the information that you need, um, or it just not. It's not in your schedule. You don't have time for it, which is fine. This is not considered procrastination. But when you are, like you said, Salul, playing video games, um, binging on Netflix instead of writing the paper that's due tomorrow, for example, or completing a report that is due to your manager in a couple of days, um, this is considered an unnecessary delay, especially if you are planning to do it on a specific time or planning to do it earlier in time. Um, what I would say, though, for creative procrastination, which is different than regular old procrastination that has to do with like work or school or university or what have you, is that we 
as creatives don't usually have deadlines when it comes to creative work. And, and this is beyond like people who freelance or people who are hired for work. Um, as creatives, we usually don't have somebody looking over our shoulder, some kind of deadline for something to be completed. Um, nobody's forcing us to write poetry. Nobody's making us do watercolors. Nobody is forcing us to play the bass guitar and practice. We are pretty much on our own, and we have to figure out our time to do that. And a lot of us, I have to be honest with you, and this is not just me, and it's not just Salul, it's a lot of people that I know as well, are literally binging Netflix, are spending a lot of time reading about procrastination <laughs> or like reading, you know, um, fiction or just doing things that are completely pure entertainment rather than working on the, the goals and the things that fulfill us. The things that we actually want to do is to produce and to create and to make things with our hands or with our minds or what have you. So... Um, Creative procrastination is different because we don't have deadlines. Usually with regular procrastination, once the pressure comes around, we can, you know, our butts get kicked into high gear, right? We can finish it before the deadline. But when it comes to creative stuff, months, years can go by and we don't, we literally don't do anything. And this is something that I'm dealing with right now. It's something I know Salud is dealing with, and which is why this episode and this conversation is really important to me right now. Yeah, I can relate to what you just said. Um, I have been delaying and procrastinating a lot of things that I do believe that I have no deadline on them, like playing the, the bass guitar or writing anything. <laughs> Because I've always been thinking like, yes, I want to spend more time doing that and more time in this and talk and talk and talk and talk. And if you know me, like you're gonna, I'm sure that I've I've talked about this with you, you know. And but I actually did not reach a point where I can sit and do it as much as I needed. So uh, that's my experience with procrastination. Um, I have a similar experience as well. So I am technically a poet, but I have issues actually sitting down and writing poetry. Um, I've mentioned this in a few of the episodes before, maybe on the fly, but I have this kind of issue of actually sitting down to write. So sometimes I'll come up with an idea and then, you know, write a few lines of it and then put it away and be like, okay, I'll continue writing it next week or I'll continue writing it later. Sometimes I have no ideas at all because a long period of time passes by and I'm not doing any creative work. I'm not actually writing. So I actually run out of ideas. And this goes along with, I think we've had a conversation about this on uh, the show where we talk about the muse and how the muse actually comes to you. So it's something like the muse stops visiting me completely. And so I end up going months. Um, there was a period of time where I went like an entire year without writing a poem, which sucks because at the same time, I do consider myself a poet. I love to write poetry. I've been writing poetry since I was a kid. Um, I'm creative in other ways as well, but I do not actually sit down and routinely create in a way that makes me feel satisfied or fulfilled as I said before I procrastinate the hell out of my creative work and I procrastinate actually out of work that is does have a deadline okay so I have an issue with regular procrastination and creative procrastination I'm not going to go in too much into the regular procrastination 
But maybe if you have an issue with both, you'll be able to use some of the techniques that we're going to talk about later for both things. So we do have our own share of issues here. Um, if you're listening in and you have some kind of creative procrastination, we're not just talking at you, we're talking with you about an issue that many of us have. So there are a few reasons why we procrastinate, and Dr. Timothy A. Paykel talks about them in solving the procrastination puzzle. Um, he has six, but I'm not going to talk about all six. I'm going to talk about the ones that I feel are relative to creatives. So one of the reasons why we might procrastinate is discounting future rewards in hopes of a current reward or a short-term reward. And when I say future rewards, I mean things like creating something, a long-term project, wrapping up, let's say, if you're a poet, a poem, writing a short story. These kinds of future rewards are things that will take time and will take uh, the actual work to complete. But at the beginning or even in the middle and even at the end, it's not going to feel that great. A short-term reward might be, as you said, Salud, Netflixing, you know, getting, finishing, wrapping up that season of the show that your friends have been talking about for a long time. This feels satisfying and it feels so good, like short term, like right then and there, it just feels so good while you're doing it. The feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, actually, you're right. It does have this kind of like a feeling of accomplishment, watching the season finale of something. I'm totally there with you. But it also is is this kind of feeling of like pleasure, the pleasure of watching Netflix and laughing at the, you know, the latest episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or whatever. Another reason is we self-handicap to protect self-esteem. And what that essentially means is when we say we self-handicap, we bring ourselves down in order to protect our self-esteem. And Mohammed, I know that you've been reading a little bit about self-esteem and, mm. and self-confidence and these things lately, so you might have something to say here. But when we are faced with something that kind of feels icky and uh, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it, we self-handicap. So a person who has actually not written for a long time might start to not call themselves a writer. They'll mm. say, oh, you know what, my stuff actually sucks. Why do I even try? I don't want to create stuff because it feels so bad because I make stuff that actually is so bad compared to other people. Um, And we do talk about comparison here on the show. I know Mm -hmm. that there's a couple of episodes where we bring that up. But we self-handicap by telling ourselves pretty much that we are not as good as we think we are. And that protects our self-esteem because if we are not that great, then we don't even have to try. And then our self-esteem is protected. See, uh, thank you for mentioning the self-esteem and the subject that's one of the subjects I've been researching lately and reading about it. And true, actually, a lot of books have been uh, had mentioned the idea of the artistic block as a self-defense mechanism towards you know uh, your ego and and and, the, and your self-esteem. You get me? Like, yes, you're gonna stop yourself from doing things because you are kind of I can't say afraid. Like it's let's let's call it fear of our product, you know, or that we actually started fearing what's gonna happen next or what we're gonna create next. And a lot of books have been saying that comes to the expectation. And most of the time, if we have this uh, grandiose uh, thing, I actually remember Ali when Ali Stick when he when he talked about teaching students or kids 
to play the guitar and they couldn't handle the idea of them like practicing to reach where they need to be and the idea of having this some kind of expectation uh, I'm gonna like take these watercolors and I'm gonna be you know like I'm gonna paint this and this and that and they they disregard the journey to it so having this expectations disappointed can actually affect the self-esteem so you'd say it's like not the fear of the product really it's fear of our own judgment it's fear of actually looking face to face at what we've created and then seeing our expectations is totally to the ground like yeah you shouldn't have this expectation at the beginning you know but yeah this is exactly what I mean, yeah. And I think, as you said, the writer's block or the artistic block, I think that ends up happening as a loop. Like, you stop creating because you're afraid and then you continue to not do it until it gets to the point where actually your creative skill has declined. Mm-hmm. You're creating stuff that's less good and then when you actually sit down to create, you end up creating stuff that's even less good until you, you decide, that, okay, you know what, I'm not going to write anymore, I'm not going to create anymore. I'm just going to watch Netflix. I'm just going to play video games. And so we get stuck there. So the third reason why we might procrastinate is that we think irrationally about the task at hand and our ability to accomplish the task. We exaggerate. We overthink. We... We talk too much. Actually, you know, I just finished the book Ego is the Enemy by... Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday, thank you. And there's a chapter called Talk, 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 okay? And it's beautiful when he just described when we keep talking about something and we're not doing anything about it, the certain satisfaction that we, we, we receive from our talk. So I would believe that what you're trying to talk about is like to overthink, to overtalk about something that you want to do and not doing it. Okay, because you're actually getting the satisfaction. You're actually enjoying the talk. I can personally um, t- <laughs> share a lot, you know, share, share, share the, I've, I've shared a lot of ideas, you know, and I've talked and talked and talked about them, but I did nothing. And there's a reason why, because we keep talking. If you share the thing, there's some, you know, your brain will assume that you actually did it. And, and you have experienced it. It's maybe like um, a, some kind of fantasy, you know, but the reality that you did nothing. And, 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 and most of the time, the over-exaggeration of the thing that might happen. You get me? Oh, my God, that. Oh, what we, people would say if I shared this. What people would uh, think if I do this, you know? And this is going all be under this this reason, you know, very solid reason. Yeah, so thinking irrationally can literally, it's a major umbrella term. So we can talk about the idea that, okay, we think irrationally about how much time it would take to complete it. We think irrationally about what, it, what kind of materials or what kind of information we actually need to get it done. We think irrationally about what would happen if we shared it, what would happen if we made it, what's going to happen if we actually put time towards our long-term goals what's going to happen we overthink we over exaggerate it starts to become a big mess in our mind and a lot of people including me and including you Salul, end up kind of like 
talking about it. We're going to do this. Like, how long did we talk about LCL before we actually sat down to oh make my it? God. Like months. Months. <laughs> we were asking people yeah. to come and and like uh, be part of episodes like months before we actually had our stuff put together. Mm. We talked about it way too much before we actually sat down and, we and then created we did our fears you know, like we created some kind of irrational fears yeah you know about it and that i i would assume that came from only talking and not doing exactly so once you talk about something you do get that kind of dopamine hit i would say it's a dopamine hit I mean, where okay like i did something or i've done something you know and then um that gives you this false sense of of success or false sense of like, okay, productivity is going on here. Um, and, but it also feeds into your fear. Okay. It feeds into what is going to happen when this thing actually launches or this project is actually put into the world. So that's the third thing that you need to be aware of. Beautiful, Rawa. That's amazing. But how about we share with the audience what we have so far tried to overcome procrastination? One thing that's helped me when it comes to procrastinating is time blocking. And time blocking is essentially scheduling time for specific things that you want to do. It sounds super simple, but we tend to not do these things, um, specifically when it comes to things that we want to do. We might be scheduling things and, and setting up meetings at work, but when it comes to things that actually make us feel fulfilled or the things that we want to produce, we don't schedule it. And what I've taken to doing is scheduling the moments, scheduling my free time. That's the most important thing. So what I do after work, for example, is sit down and plan out what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. I have a good five hours to chill out. Maybe I do want to watch a couple of episodes of Netflix, but I also want to be productive in the things that I actually want to do, which is writing poetry, working on my creative stuff outside of my work outside of home stuff and outside of, of course, you know, the pleasurable stuff. So I schedule time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour writing poetry. Even if writing poetry means staring at the blank page, that is writing poetry. I'm going to be listening to poetry and reading poetry. It's an hour of poetry. And this helps. I end up writing stuff. It might suck. It might be actually garbage. But it does get the gears moving. And that's something that's really important for me. Um, to do that, I do need to eliminate distractions. So if the TV's on, I move to a different room. Um, if you are interested in this kind of like eliminating distractions and getting yourself in the mood, you might want to listen to episode two where Yara Meraki talks about her ritual before she starts creating. It's a really good episode. I don't technically have a ritual. It's usually making a cup of coffee. That's pretty much my thing. Um, but Having some kind of routine does help. And um, Layla Al-Ammar also has a similar routine, right? Yeah, and Layla Al-Ammar shared with us that she has a, a scheduled uh, six or eight hours in the weekend where she goes to a cafe and write non-stop. So this is her, it's her ritual. Maybe it's like kind of like, you know, a bit advanced. But um, I would suggest the idea of baby steps you know take baby steps towards what you need don't go crazy and spend like three hours you know on a friday morning <laughs> and a fr no 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 okay i mean trying to play the, the guitar okay 
or the piano, you know, take 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah like only 10 minutes per day that would actually, you know, grow and be like, you know, increase to 15 minutes, maybe a week or two. So once you feel very comfortable with having 10 minutes a day, you know, spending that much of time, you can actually increase it to 15 minutes. So this is what I believe that sometimes we fall into, like the trap of, oh, I can do, I can do like an hour a day, but you know. Then like, you get burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you're mentioning about the 10 minutes a day of like something really simple actually is one of our other points, which is just start. Um, when it comes to the kind of irrational thinking that we talked about earlier, um, sometimes all of this fear and all this exaggeration can cause us to not even make a single step. So one thing that we end up doing is not starting at all. So one thing that you can do is to take the first step. Decide what the first step is going to be. Make it the most simple thing possible and take that step. Once you do that step, take the next step and the next step. Day by day, you'll be able to build up your confidence and actually work on the things that you want to do. Instead of just talking about it, do something about it. Right, Salud? And so instead of talk, 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 you need to put work, walk work, walk. work. <laughs> yes. You know? And the third technique that we tried to overcome procrastination is to find a buddy or friend, a family member who can remind you of the thing that you need to do. Like, no, that make any sense? Well... To, to move forward on what you're saying, it's not necessarily just reminding us, it's also setting a deadline for us. So one thing that we can maybe relate to is this idea of like, we can never get something done unless we have an actual deadline. Mm. And sometimes we can set deadlines for our own selves. Some people can do that. You can set a deadline for yourself and you'll follow that deadline. These people are amazing and I totally give it up to them. But oftentimes we uh, can't... Do they exist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Um, oftentimes we need some kind of external deadline that causes us to be like, okay, I have to do this puts in the pressure, we have to work on this one thing. So one thing that we tried, which is something, is something that you came up with. Yeah. Yes, we tried something where we asked each other to, to write a short story every week. So let's say if we start on Sunday, by next Sunday, both of us has a story to tell. Whatever the story is and how sh- like, whatever the, the, the length of it, okay, but it has to be there. So that was our experience when putting deadlines and reminders to what we need to do. Yeah, we found a buddy and we ended up writing the four short stories throughout Ramadan. It went pretty well. I realized I'm not as bad as I thought as writing fiction. And Salul, you actually put pen to paper, which I know was a thing for you. So I'm really proud of us for completing that. So that concludes our episode. I hope this has left you with some things to think about when it comes to procrastination. Whatever you're doing right now, wherever you are, stop. No, don't stop. But like, you know, yeah. I, you know what I'm trying to say here. Get your stuff stop done. Stop talking and start. And, and, and are you telling me to stop talking? Yeah. We're wrapping this up. So <laughs> you as a listener, stop talking to people about a thing that you want to do and actually put time and effort to it. And you know what you should also stop doing? Stop listening to this podcast right now because it's ending right now. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, it is. Okay, bye. Here comes the, the end music. The end music coming. 
Can you listen to it? 